Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 34. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Winter 2020-2021 lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number two intended for December 13th, 2020, the lesson entitled Rejecting the World. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, well, before we look into the Word of God together, see how we can apply it to our lives, if you want to go ahead and turn uh, there, hold your place in 1 John chapter 2. We'll be reading there in just a few moments. Before that, I wanted to share something with you. Just like others in ancient societies, the Egyptians wondered, can we live forever? Or how can we live forever? They mummified their dead and cast so-called magic spells over them. And then they filled up the tombs with enough goods to keep the dead alive long after they were not. They lived this life to live forever in the next now, many of us have learned in school, we learned about Ponce de Leon, how he departed Puerto Rico in search of the fountain of youth and a fabled wellspring that promised this, to give this eternal life to anybody who drank from it or uh, bathed in it. Now, though recent scholarship contested that claim, nevertheless, we want to know how we can live longer, how we could even maybe even live forever. For the cost of a brand new luxury car, you can have your body cryogenically preserved to be thawed at a time when medicine and technology have teamed up to discover the cures to terminal and degenerative diseases and can promise longer life. So some hope in medicine and technology that somehow maybe they can deliver everlasting life. And people have desired to live longer and even live forever for a long time. Is it possible to live forever? Now, according to God's word, it is. Apostle John recorded the formula in his short five-chapter letter known as 1 John. He said this, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The key to eternal life does not lie in what stuff has been placed in the casket next to it, nor does it lie in breakthrough in science and technology. The key to eternal life is simply doing the will of God, finding salvation, being born again. For whoever does the will of God lives forever. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to look at this lesson entitled Rejecting the World. All right, let's read the passage here in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 12, and we're going to read six verses here in 1 John chapter 2. Verse 12, 1 John 2, verse 12 says this, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. 
I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Verse 15, this is our focus verse. Verse 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. Verse 16 and 17 go on to say, for all that is in the world, The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The focus thought for this scripture passage and the lesson that's presented in this this week is we must reject the world by doing God's will. If you look at these first three verses, we can see how can we apply this word to our lives today. I believe it has something to speak to us, to help us this week, to kind of get this word down, this life-giving word down inside of our heart. These first three verses, verses 12, 13, and 14, we see the apostle writing, and he addresses, he's addressing the same group of people, but he refers to them three different ways, as little children, as young men, and his fathers, and he, he's addressing more than, he, he's addressing uh, spirit-filled, saved people here. He's not just addressing uh, males. He's, he's addressing everybody. It's just, this is just the terminology that's used here, and really what we can see here is we can see this generational uh, thing that's going on, from little children to young men to fathers, so from the young to the middle to the aged, we can see that John is addressing these 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 people that he's writing to, he's telling them, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. I write unto you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known uh, the father, uh, you've known him from the beginning. You're strong. Uh, the word of God abides, and you've overcome the wicked one. You can see this term, overcome, mentioned a couple times here in these three verses. I write unto young men because you have overcome. I write to young men because God's word abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 8 that in all these things we are more than conquerors who have loved us. We are overcomers. In light of these verses, I want to ask you, wherever you're at today, whatever you're doing right now as you've paused to listen to this podcast, are you living like an overcomer? Are you living an overcoming life? Do you realize, do you know that God has made you more than a conqueror. Jesus Christ has made you an overcomer. He overcame the world, and now he's made us overcomers. You don't need to live beneath the privilege that you have as a child of God. No matter what's facing you, no matter what's coming against you, no matter what's pressing down on you, God has given you the power and the ability and the authority to live as an overcomer. First of all, he says, little children, your sins are forgiven for his namesake. You do not have to be bound in sin anymore. You don't have to be bound by your past and the sins and mistakes of your past. If God has forgiven you, if you've asked him to forgive you in faith, he has forgiven you. And so you can be an overcomer of the failures and sins of your past. You can be an overcomer of the wicked one. He tells the young men, you've overcome the wicked one. So the 
the enemy who tries to attack you and accuse you and come against you, you've been made an overcomer. He, he does not have the power over you. He does not have the authority over you. You have been made an overcomer. And then he says there in verse 14, he says, you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So how do you continue to overcome? The word of God abiding in you. Dig into God's word and see that word give you strength and power to live as an overcomer. Are you living like an overcomer today? Maybe you don't feel like one. Maybe you're pressed down. Maybe there's things going on. You don't feel like an overcomer. But I want to remind you in just these few minutes here today, you have been made more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You don't have to live bound. You don't have to live trapped. You don't have to live pressed down. You have been made strong. The word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. And it's interesting, right after that encouragement John gives, then John kind of steps and gives us a little bit more insight into the in, into our calling to live as overcomers. He says it in this way. He says in verses 15 and 16, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, and that's not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, we're talking, when we say love not the world, when he's saying love not the world, he's not talking about don't love the flowers and don't love the beautiful scenery and don't love the creation God has given us. That's not what he's talking about. God created this world for us to enjoy. He created it. He It's part of his creation. And it the, the trees worship him, nature worships him, we are called to worship him. It is all for his pleasure and for us as humans made in his image. It's for our pleasure. God created this world and there's nothing wrong with loving the things that we see in this world. But when John says love not the world, what he is referring to is the spirit of the age. It's the attitude it's the it's the mindset it's 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 the thinking of this world this world is corrupt when adam and eve sinned in the garden and we refer to what's called the fall of man when they fell from god's grace and this sin nature then developed and all of us have this sin nature it has created an atmosphere in this world that is ungodly it's unrighteous and that is what john is saying don't love love not the world neither the things that are in the world and again we're not talking about the grand canyon or the beautiful ocean and beaches and and the mountains we're not talking about but we're talking about the things that are in the world. And, and John goes on in verse 16 to kind of tell us what those things are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, because he says those are not of the Father. It's of the world. So the lust of the flesh, these, these temptations, these things that try to uh, grab our uh, attention, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these things that are completely against God's word, the things that are completely against the nature of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the, the power of God, the word of God, the, these things that are anti-Christ, anti-God. That's what John is saying, don't love. And why should we? Why are we commanded to not love the world? Why are we commanded to not love the world? Well, 
It's because the things of the world lead to destruction and death. The wages of sin is death. If we take part in the mindset and the and and the the things of this world, the attitudes of this world, the desires of this world, what it does, it leads to ungodliness and unrighteousness, and it leads to sin, and sin brings forth death. So when John is expressing the will of God in his writing to the people here and his writing to us, he's not putting this harsh, uh, oh, don't love the world because God just doesn't want you to have fun. God doesn't want you to experience anything good. No, what he's doing is it's a protection here. Don't love love and get caught up in the things of the world because they're ultimately going to bring destruction. God's got greater plans for you. God's got better things for you. If you will refuse the things of this world and instead cling to God and his word and his promises, there is hope for you. There's life. There are great, exciting, wonderful things for you. So love not the world because the things in the world, the unrighteous, ungodly, it's not of the Father. It's of the world. Lastly, verse 17, and the world passeth away. See here we got that wages of sin is death. We see that this idea of death and destruction. Don't love the things of the world because the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So here's an easy question. What is the promise to those who do God's will? What is the promise to those who do God's will? They will live forever. What is God's will? Well, God's will is, and everything give thanks for this, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The will of God is to avoid unrighteousness and uncleanness. Uh, Paul tells the Thessalonians that. You can see all throughout the word of God that God's will is this, God's will is that. But if we're really going to abide forever, the will of God we must do is we must turn to him in faith. We must call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We must repent of our sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus. We will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just like Peter told those in Jerusalem that day when they asked Peter, what should we do? How can we accept God as our Savior? Jesus is our, our Messiah. How can we be saved? And he said, repent, be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you can be saved. That's the will of God. And if you do the will of God, John says, you will abide forever. So we must reject the world by doing God's will. So how can we apply this to our life today? First of all, we need to do some hard soul searching. Are there some things in your life and my life that are worldly? Are there some things that are worldly, of the world? Now, again, I'm not talking about you have a beautiful home or you've got a beautiful family or you've, you've got a wonderful garden in your backyard or you've got a great yard or you've got um, just whatever blessings God's poured out in your life, whether big, whether small, but with the blessings that God's given you, those are in the world, right? But that's not what we're talking about. Those aren't worldly things. God has blessed you. But are there 
some worldly things? Are there some worldly attitudes? Are there some worldly uh, pleasures that you are seeking in your life that that in, that that you ought to lay aside and 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 not pursue? Are there some worldly things that have gotten a hold of your heart and your desires and your emotions, your ambitions? Are you pursuing some things above God? Are you pursuing some things that are keeping you out of church? Are you pursuing some things that are keeping you from praying? Are you pursuing some things that are keeping you from really doing God's will? That is what John is saying, don't love. Reject those things. Get rid of those things. Get rid of those things out of your life. You don't need those things because those things are of the world and those things will pass away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. So we need to do some hard soul searching in our life. Are there some attitudes? Are there some things? There might be some things, literal things that are worldly that we need to get rid of. Of our out of our lives because we want to please God. We want to do God's will because I don't know about you, but I want to abide forever. I want to live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to love not the world. So there's some things you need to get rid of this week. There's some things you need to make some hard decisions and, and, and pray out of your life and maybe even just physically take from your life, move out of your, take them out of your life and get the, get rid of them. There's things that might not need to be in your home or not need to be in your family. Whatever the, whatever God's talking to you about, whatever God's revealing to you, if, it, if it's worldly, if it's not what God and you, you sense, it's not what God wants you to have, then just surrender it. Give it away. Give it up. Don't, don't let those things because the world's going to pass away. I want something that's going to be lasting. I know that's kind of some, some hard speech there, but I, I think it's, we need to be honest with ourselves because I, I want to love God above all else. And the secondly, I, I, I implore you to dive into God's word this week. Dive into his word because only in his word will you know his will. And only those who do his will will abide forever. So I challenge you this week, give of yourself, search your heart, uh, lay aside the things that don't need to be there. And not only that, but then dive into God's word. Seek out God's will. Find God's will for your life and see if God doesn't meet you and bless you in all that you do. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you have through your word revealed your, word, your will to us. That we are admonished in your word several times to do some things that, that seem kind of hard to us and we can't do it on our own. We need the Spirit's help and this idea of loving not the world. You placed us in such a beautiful world and yet that we can become so uh, distracted and deceived and begin to love some things and embrace some things in our lives that really are not pleasing to you and don't draw us close to you. And they, they kind of sometimes become uh, roadblocks in our lives to keep us from really pursuing your will. And I pray you reveal that to us, Lord. Reveal that to me. I, I want to rid myself of the things that keep me from doing your will and that keep me out of your your, your presence and that, that, that I, I want to I please you. I want to reject the world and I want to do your will because one day, Lord, I want to abide forever with you, living forever with you. God, I pray you bless those listening today. Let your hand rest upon them. Bless them, guide them, and lead them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.